Happy to be here. How are we doing? How are we feeling? Feeling okay? Feeling not so okay? <laughs> if you're not feeling okay, I hope you feel better after listening to this. But you know, we're just gonna have a good time. We're gonna relax. Good talk about some fun things. And we have a new guest here today with us. Hello. My name is <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Uh, my name is Austin Urasek. Uh, I'm a high school teacher. Uh, fun. Yeah, recently high school teacher. I just graduated in God, May of 2020. Yeah, just I'm kind of an, an adult employee, uh, as, the, as they say. Love so, that. Yeah. Um, I teach at uh, Dundee Crown High School in Carpenters. Just this past year, all I've really been doing is teaching and figuring, you know, post-college life out, really. So it has been fun. Oh, good. So, yeah, and that's kind of my gist. What grade do you teach right now? Oh, that's right. Duh. I teach high school. I teach high school sophomores specifically. Um, and I teach an acting class. But that's... Oh, that's cool. Oh, my God. It's a, an absolute nightmare because I've never touched acting a day in my life. And so, literally, they handed me the... They didn't even hand me a curriculum. I kind of had to build it. But I have a coworker who was a theater actor in Broadway in a past life. And so, literally, all I did was just crawl on my hands and knees to him every single day just begging for any kind of insight into what I'm supposed to be doing but um it's been a wild ride yeah I, I teach uh traditional sophomores I teach an ESL class and then I also teach like a literacy intervention class and so really it's just giving kids books giving kids um an opportunity to seek out their own image through literature and so that's kind of again like, I guess that's like a nice little segue into kind of what we're talking about today so it's, yeah. it's nice we're gonna talk about some fun stuff today mm -hmm. um before we get into that mm -hmm. how do we know each other well kate we <laughs> we went to isu together yes. we took a few classes together actually yeah yeah but mostly um we took well we took our capstone course the english 300 english 300 which is just like the senior english class we took multimodal together didn't we Oh, that's with doc, right. With Dr. I forgot um, about that. Um, Barbie. Dr. Barbie. Yeah. I forget her last name, but I Dr. Barbie. Barbie. And then we also took... Britlet. Britlet together. I... Mm -hmm. Interesting class. I loved Dr. Huff. Dr. I Huff. Dr. Yes, absolutely. She's so great. She she's wrote me a recommendation, actually, for really? grad school. Yeah, she's dope. Mm -hmm. But I remember we had to read, like, some really just boring Brit lit books like Heart of Darkness. Oh, Heart of Darkness. Yeah. I mean, the thing about those kind of books, in my opinion, is like, I feel like it's the same trouble that I have with reading the classics in high school. Yeah. Which is that like, I think they're so, you can go really in depth in criticizing them, like kind of like applying new critical lenses to them. But a lot of those Brit lit classes, I feel like kind of put them on some kind of pedestal pedestal i guess is a good way to put it but i was like kind of i was really hoping to kind of dig into some more different stuff i guess but i don't know that's just i guess like a really nerdy 
answer to that kind of like no idea. I get you though I I kind of felt the same way and that's why it was nice to take Dr. Huff's class um women in literature I think it was global global women's lit mm. we read a bunch of different cool stuff like I read Persepolis for the first time I'd never mm. read yeah I never read Persepolis in high school mm. I went to a very like very like same. upper middle mm -hmm. class I went to high school in this area oh so, like, yeah I, I went to 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 a school here in Palatine. Oh, dope. And so, yeah, like super whitewashed. Like the population, I think, in my high school is like 50% white. Ours was like 20, 80. 20% Asian. Like, and then the rest just kind of get muddled in with the, the rest of the statistics there. But like, yeah, like all I knew were like the bare bones, like most like whitewashed classics you can think of. And so really my time at Illinois State was like really, really interesting to like explore this really, really diverse range of literature in such a short amount of time. Like four years is like, it seemed like a lifetime, but at the same time, it's like you only can cram in so much and you can only take so many classes. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but yeah, so your global lit, uh, women's lit class, what, yeah, so you said you read Persepolis. What was like the, the quote unquote like focus? It was just... Uh, just women in general. Mm -hmm. I know that's kind of broad, but it, we read also Borderlands, mm. which was really great. And then yeah. we read, oh God, what's the one Emily Bronte wrote? My English major's failing me. No, same. I don't, I never um, read it. It's never like, read it's like one of the classics, but I don't know. We read a bunch of different stuff and we just talked about like oppression and, yeah. you know, yeah. different intersectionality was a big one. And then women in, you know, 18th century throughout time. It was just really interesting. Um, I really like tough. Um, you know, every class has its issues, but right. yeah, I, I feel you though. I feel like I got so much exposure to literature through ISU that I never got at my high school. And, you know, like I said, like my high school was very whitewashed too. I had my mm -hmm. first professor of color at ISU on my first day. Really? Yeah. Actually, I think it's, no, actually no. I had one african-american spanish teacher that oh was in it. high school and that's it yeah that's isn't it. that crazy it's that's just it. and in terms of like african-american lit nothing oh, absolutely yeah. nothing and Same. then like so like you know imagine the the culture shock of like this whole totally unexplored totally unknown almost i mean to me at least as like in a as someone who does not identify with that culture and who has never been really exposed to that culture just because of the demographic that i grew up with um, the shock. I was like, oh my God, like there's so much out there that I've never even stopped to even look at or consider. Um, and now I, now, I mean, I should just in general, but then now like here I am placed in a position of power yeah. to, you know, uh, highlight those voices that are, you know, disenfranchised and really kind of ignored in like the traditional canon. The only women's lit class that I took in college was in was the intro women's lit course oh, for okay. the feminist, uh, or no, sorry, my bad, the gender studies minor. Oh, and I yeah. I didn't even know it was the gender studies minor capstone course. I just thought it was a lit course. And so when I took it, I was like, oh, this is going to be super fun. Like, I get to explore women's authors, uh, women authors and all that stuff. But then once the professor, like, kind of laid out the syllabus, it was, in, it was the course, but it was only focused on breast cancer literature. Oh, super that's cool. Very specific. Very specific. And so I was like, this is going to be the most niche <laughs> group of texts that I'll know way too much about for no reason other than the fact that this is what the focus of the class was. But like, again, intersectionality, um, 
pathology, a yeah. lot of like kind of the ways in which that um, women's voices are kind of mm, what's the word like grayed out in a way. Yeah. Through you know language and rhetoric and all that stuff, but like. I don't know. It was really cool. And then who ta- I'm sorry. Who taught that class? Do you know? She was a grad student. I don't remember her name. Oh, interesting. She was a grad student, and I don't remember her name because, quite frankly, she was not the greatest. <laughs> but um, I remember seeing her again because I remember seeing her on a panel for looking at the scholarship papers, and I remember she was on a panel to like ask questions. Which again, like, ugh, like the kind. The, she's just so very. What's the word? Privileged? Privileged and hypercritical, I mm. think, to, to a degree of, that is no longer helpful. And that's like, yeah. it's just, it was, it was a mess. But, but otherwise, in terms of the actual content, it was great. I, like, I really took and ran with it um, in terms of like exploring that, those topics. But, but anyways, uh, <laughs> 300, I think, was like the, the most significant course that we, that, we that, took I, together? that we took together just because of like all the stuff that we had to end up doing in that class. Because um, we were but, on a project together too, right? Yes, we were. What do you remember? What the project was? I don't. It was not the final. No. It was like this. It was like before the final. We did a project on. Um, we were allowed to do our own thing. Yeah. I remember we were allowed to like create like some kind of project surrounding. Something. Oh, counter narratives. That's what it was. That's oh. what, that was like the big focus of the class was counter narratives. Yes. Um, and you focus. You did a. Um, a children's book. Oh yeah, that was our final project. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. I guess it was our final project. What did I do? I think I wrote a paper. I'm so boring. I did a paper. Oh, well, um, that's okay. Papers are good. It was. A We're English bit, majors. <laughs> it was so safe. I mean, it was so safe. And like, um, not like I had to be unsafe, but like in terms of like the time crunch. I mean, you know, surprise. I started it like a week before it was due. Oh well. And so it was like, <laughs> I was like, man, I was like. Jesus, I got to talk to Jack, Dr. Jung about my project, like, yesterday, and I just was like, you know what, default, just write a paper. Like, it's, there you go. It's, what, it's the only thing I know. Let's just do it that way, so that way I don't have to be, seek out and, like, do a lot of ton of artwork or anything like that, so. Yeah, well, because our big project was a huge part of our grade, too, and it was this whole mm. thing, like, we had to meet with her, have a meeting with her, and then we had a group where we would all peer edit our stuff. I that part of the class, to be honest, I think was the best. I like the actual peer editing process because yeah. otherwise, I think really up until that class, a lot of the peer editing looked like you know typical high school like looks good by like yeah. check mark you know kind of like you know brown nosing to like get the same kind of assessment I guess you can call it um, yeah. for your work. No, Dr. Jung really actually I think worked really well with us in the sense that like she really allowed us to truly look at each other's work and really like the letter writing I think that was kind of like the format yeah. that she she gave us that was I think super cool because I was like and that's what I, that's actually what I do now with my kids I give them I make them write letters to oh each other. that's awesome not like super in-depth like we did yeah but like short you know paragraph like like hey how are you this is what I think and it's super informal and I think that way it's not like a checklist rather than like a more invitation to actually have a conversation and that was like what I thought was like super beneficial yeah as like us as like academics but also just like for me um looking ahead i was like oh this is something that i could use um so it was awesome but yeah college <laughs> college was interesting uh, yeah. in that sense for like the the type of stuff that we got exposed to 
Yeah, well, I think that's, uh, the peer re editing review too is important for me as well because I had the same experience when I was in high school. Like, no one would ever really go in on my work mm -hmm. and I want people to. And same thing in college. Like, people are just very, like, hesitant to, like, I think care maybe is the right word. I don't think sure. people want to, or I think people are also scared that criticism means that you're going to hurt someone's feelings. True, and I think if people don't, I think people don't know, like, the, the the middle ground between like hypercritical like super like in your yeah. face like tearing something to pieces versus like something that's like super like you know milk toast like overtly kind of kind and dismissive and instead like you know I think if you just kind of be genuine about it and really kind of highlight the things that you like and ask questions about the things that you're unsure about naturally I feel like you'll arrive at a place where you're like okay here's a genuine criticism or if you don't even want to call it that like here's a genuine response to like what you're writing about yeah um, were you ever in a creative writing class at isu i did i took one i took one too well who was it with um was it with dr no, no doctor, it sorry, was professor merrifield no it was with a um not a ta what's the one that's trying to be a professor that they don't have tenure yet oh what's they're, the term? they're like a um, Te not teaching shoot. assistant no, they're like a doctoral student or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And his name was Ben. I forget his last name, but he was a pretty cool guy. But I just when I think you're... creative writing is where it really exposes that dark under underbelly of like criticism pure, pure response because like man, cuz I just feel like and I don't want to be like I don't want to paint any type of student with a broad stroke or anything like that, but I just got like this because I was in that creative writing class because I, again, I'm preparing myself to teach anything. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I want to get a sense for like what the curriculum would look like for a creative writing class intro level. Like, because if I went deep into that, that creative writing track, I would like, I'd end up having to A, write a lot more creative work, which is not bad, but it wasn't really something that I was focusing on. Focusing on. But then also like, I'd start running into the type of students that I was worried about. And I ran into mm -hmm. already a few of them in the intro course, which is like the really like I don't want to I don't want to use this kind of language you're being like, nice <laughs> like like self-centered I'll say like yeah. self-centered is the the kindest way I can and honestly put them because they're so invested in their own work comparing themselves to your stuff mm. automatically kind of um like focuses what they say about your your work yeah in the in like the light of how they write so like if it's not like theirs like, you can imagine, like, the kind of negative feedback you'd get. Or if it's, like, like theirs, auto, oh, surprise, it, they'll have so many good things to say about it. And so I only really wrote prose in that course. I didn't really write a ton of poetry. I didn't really write a ton of, like... Mm, I was the same know. way. I did mostly prose. Yeah, but then, like, all the poetry kids had nothing good to say about my stuff. And that's not, like, I deserve it or I'm, like, entitled to any kind of good feedback. But I was like, this feels so disingenuous because all of a sudden here's a bunch of kids who like, you know, I don't know. They like. It's different forms of writing, you know, yeah, so it's going to get different reactions. Yeah. And so they don't really allow that to, to kind of like <laughs> occupy their mind in a way yeah. that's productive. I don't know. But like. I, I don't want to be mean, but like that's kind of like the sense that I got. I was like these very specific kind of students who have a very specific focus have very specific things to say about my stuff. 
so basically in my creative writing class, mm -hmm. we would share our pieces. We'd have a certain number of people who would share their pieces each week. Mm -hmm. And I was very vocal, as I am in all my classes. Mm -hmm. And I would, you know, critique other people's work. Mm -hmm. And I could tell that some people got a little butt hurt with me. And not because I gave them bad feedback, because, you know, people don't like being criticized, like what we just Absolutely. talked about. And I think with my piece, <laughs> be my turn, they would go in on me. Oh, man. And I was like, bro, like... I kind of like that though. Like I a, mean, I like, like getting a, criticism. Like a weird, like a weird, Passive almost like, like masochistic, <laughs> like idea of like, like, like just rip me apart. I don't care. Cause like, yeah. cause at the end of the day, right? Like, I don't really care. I don't know these people. I mean, at least I don't know them as well as some other people that, I mean, if I had a friend in class, it's one thing, but if I didn't know anyone in the class, I don't really care what they had to say. Like, yeah. even if they were just absolutely like ruining me. Honestly, I mean, I was a little bit of like a, what, what's the word? Like teacher's pet. Like I really only really cared about what the professor had to say. I mean, they're the most experienced if you think about true, it. Like your true. peers' opinions are valuable. It's also too for networking connections and future interactions. It's mm -hmm. good to like have good terms with the teacher and care about their opinion. Yeah. And like it wasn't even like I wanted to be in their good graces. Like I did, but not to a degree of which I was like, oh my God, like he doesn't like me. But like... <laughs> In the sense where I was like, okay, like this person's feedback means more to me because of their expertise, because of like they're leading this class. Yeah, I feel um, you. There was just so much hostility, hostility in creative yes, writing. Hostility. That's a great word. I feel like that's like exactly how I describe it. It was so hostile. Yeah, because like I remember too, there was this one guy in my class who's really cool, um, a little nerdy, and he wrote a creative piece on his own fictional world. And I thought it was really cool. Mm -hmm. And I did have some critiques on it just for like grammatical errors and also like story errors. Like I was like, you jump from point A to point B and I want, yeah. you know, or jump, jump from point A to point C and I need point B. Oh, right. Like stuff like that. Like, but I really liked the story and some people just did not like his stuff. And just were just not mean about it. Mean in like mm. a, an English major passive aggressive yeah. way. You know? Yeah. I think English majors can relate to this. And other majors too. I'm sure you have passive aggressive people in your major. Yeah. I think like what's what's interesting about the, the English major students is like they're so they just have they, like it's almost like a like it's almost like talking to a lawyer. Like <laughs> like they're so like they just, like, cut so deep with, like, the most, like, roundabout words. Oh, yeah. And you're just, like, oh, my God. Like, you can, like, read their <laughs> intentions, like, so well. But you're, like, oh, my God. Like, you're trying so hard not to be super open and aggressive about it. And then that kind of makes it worse, in a sense. Yeah. Well, um, I remember in our English 300 class, we would get into some pretty heated discussions. Mm -hmm. And just people being really passive-aggressive back oh, and yeah. forth. I remember this vividly because it upset me so much. This one girl started talking shit about Billie Eilish and how... Oh, I remember Do you remember that? that? I remember that conversation. I don't even remember why we brought it up. Because she was saying how, like, climate change, like, she was advocating for climate change, but she wasn't doing enough and blah, 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 oh, blah, yeah. blah. And I was yeah. like... Bro, she's like what? She was like 17 at the time. She's doing her best. I don't think... Like, I don't even think then. She, she's... Oh, I guess she is. Oh, yeah. Maybe 17. Yeah. Because we like, graduated in 2020 in mm -hmm. this class. Did we take this class in... We took it fall. Fall. Because it was, was before gone. COVID. I was gone spring semester for student teaching. Oh, wow. So, yeah. No, that was... There were some... Like, you know, bless Dr. Jung. Like, she... She's a great, great teacher. teacher. Love her. But 
yeah, like, there were just sometimes I could just see in her eyes, like, she just, like, I just saw, the, like, the light drain from her eyes when, like, the conversations would just, like, derail into this, like, really ugly, like, back and forth. Um, oh, yeah. It would just get very, I don't know, and it just really bothered me because I'm a fan of Billie Eilish, too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she's, like, 17. Like, there's a bigger, and then I talked to and like, the bigger problem is corporations who are yeah. contributing to pollution. Like, she's just trying to, like, get the message out there. Like, yes, some celebrities are very tone deaf. And I'm not saying that she doesn't have privilege, but it's like, there's no reason to go in that hard on a 17-year-old. No, sure. And I think that, because, like, I mean, I understand the arguments. Like, there's, like, talking about, like, oh, you know, sustainability in fashion, you know, private jets, all that stuff. But, like, I think that those arguments are not meant for single celebrities. They're more meant for, like, just the group of people that really kind of exploit that to an insane degree. Oh, yeah. And I think that, like, for artists, it's, like, part of their work, right, to, to have, like, a very specific, you know, extravagant aesthetic or something like that. And so, I mean, even then, like, even if you wanted to criticize her for it, like, is it really important to put her specifically on blast? At, at, in an, like, at an English class at ISU <laughs> at, like, 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Like, all that smoke for what, you know? Oh, literally no reason. Yeah, I went off that day. I was oh, like, I'm God. not having this. <laughs> I know, I think the girl who said that, too, I didn't like either. So I was like, well, here we go. It's my time to shine. What, what a surprise coming from her. Yeah. I think I remember exactly who you're talking about, too. And I remember just sitting there and just like, why? What are we doing? I'm like, I'm, like, half conscious because, like... Like, I'm, you know, I never slept in, in college, so I was, like, barely awake. I'm sitting here, and, like, I come to, and I'm, like, well, what are we talking about? Like, Billy Eilish? Like, were we, were we supposed to read something else? Like, I don't know. Well, I but, remember, um, too, I liked this one guy in the class, and we were hanging out for a while, and sometimes someone would say just something so out of pocket, and then me and this guy would just look, look at, at each, each other. other. <laughs> like, from the office, we just look at each other, and we're like, what? Yeah, just, like, the most, like, disdainful glares, just, like, yeah, I don't yeah, know. He was I... kind of pretentious, but <laughs> I, I am a little bit pretentious as well, so. Oh, I mean, I feel like, yeah. I feel like we all kind of have that, especially, like, As English that, majors, too. Yeah, we, we have that, like, like highbrow, like, oh, like, I read Chaucer. <laughs> or, like, I don't know. But, yeah. like, um, yeah. So, speaking of being an English major, mm-hmm. um, do you think ISU, and we have talked about this a little bit already, but sure. do you think ISU gave you the tools to be a good ally as a teacher? I don't, honestly, this, so this is kind of why I was really interested in talking to you about this, because, mm-hmm. so, you minored in um, gender studies, mm-hmm. right? I did not, and I don't, now that I'm here in the in like a professional setting where, you know, I'm handed curriculum but also like you know privileged with impunity to kind of make the changes to kind of represent the demographic that I'm given and a lot of what I feel like I learned in college really centered around like critical race theory like really hardcore and that was great I'm super I'm super happy that that was a part of my education yeah but when I kind of like sit down because like you know it's kind of usually a whirlwind where you know you're struggling to find all these different books to kind of give to kids or point them in some kind of direction I feel like the LGBTQ community in high school in the high school setting I don't know I mean it obviously depends on so much the location that you know the the money for the district the money for the district you know the kind of kids that you have but for my district for my population of kids 
they are so invisible. Oh man. In the sense that like a lot of kids are, are you know, closeted. Um for whatever reason, you know, valid or, you know, just kind of like feeling like the the fear of judgment and or, you know, really you know, harm. You don't really are able to connect with them in the same way. Yeah. Um and so, you know, every now and again, you know, you a student might come up to me and be like, Hey, you know, Mr. Yersek, I trust you. I'm really afraid to come out to my parents. Mm. And that's so kind that, you know, I'm really, you know, happy that they trust me. But then like I'm sitting here and I just feel so ill-equipped because mm. so much of what I learned and so much of what I read in college never really touched on that experience, even in a fictional setting. Like it's not even saying that like, oh, I read, you know, um, like LGBTQ, LG, uh, yeah, like, like LGBTQ, fiction or something. Yeah. It's not like that would have prepared me in any way. I'm oh, not saying no. that that wouldn't have, but at the very least, like as a part of my like everyday like curriculum, if I pointed them to like authors that I knew were speaking to their experiences in a way that validates them, that celebrates them, that they can look at those stories and be like, man, like I, I feel that I experienced that. I understand that. I identify with that. Maybe even in some kind of passive way, I could have, you know, not felt so abrupt in the way that they kind of approach me and like kind of feel like I have to, you know, um, help them in some way. And so I was like, man, like I didn't really learn anything about LGBTQ, huh? Like, I mean, I learned mm. a little bit about like feminism and like, you know, critical, um, queer, you know, queer theory and all that stuff. But I'm like, I don't know anything about the history. I don't know anything about, you know, experiences like that. I don't know anything about, you know, I definitely don't know more authors than the few books that I've read um, that kind of speak to those experiences in any way, right? Nonfiction or fiction. And so I was like, man, like I really feel kind of not robbed, but like I was like curious as to why that wasn't such a, a prevalent focus given that, you know, a, a big kind of mantra of the, the English ed department was to be socially just in your education. But then we would only focus on, you know, um, racial lenses and like you know studying things through a critical race uh lens not a feminist lens and i was like very very curious as like why that was and so speaking to you mm -hmm. with your experience within the um the gender studies with the gender studies minor taking those classes what were some of your experiences you know um like taking those classes maybe like learning more about the kind of history and history, stuff like that history and also just like reading more about like voices that kind of speak to those experiences yeah sure so I mean I was the same I in high school there's like there's basically no like LGBTQ classes you can take or even history I'd say mm -hmm. I never read any books written from a gay perspective and then also too I've because I'm on TikTok obviously I see people talking about like how the LGBTQ plus um, group at their school like had a bunch of like anime kids in it and like a bunch of weird kids and so then people wouldn't want to like do it and then that's another issue in itself mm -hmm. but like you said like there's not a lot of visibility of like queer people in high school because most kids are closeted in high school that's just like from society and sometimes depending on the demographic and where you live mm -hmm. I remember at my high school there was like a few kids who were out. There was this one lesbian couple 
And I remember people at my school, like, making fun of them. And it's funny, too, because, well, not funny, like, haha, funny, more of, like, trauma funny. Right. But, like, I've internalized <laughs> so many of those experiences. Right. Um, but when it came to college, it was the same thing for me. I didn't become an English, well, I became an English major right away. I didn't become a women gender studies minor until my sophomore year. My one professor, um, Cass Fleischer, um, who is not, I'm not close with anymore for other reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, the class that me and Davi actually took a class with her together and there were some problems in the class that I do not agree with. Mm -hmm. Moving on though, she pushed me to do my women's gender studies minor and I do praise her for that because like that was my exposure to LGBTQ plus, um, you know, history, discourse, literature. I took an actual LGBTQ plus course studies class with Dr. Wassell, um, and he was just a white, openly gay man, and we read so many interesting things. We read about intersectionality, we read about black feminism, we read about, um, like, bear culture and gay culture, we read about mm. BDSM, we read about so many interesting things. Really? You read about BDSM? Yeah. That's crazy. It was so, it was so cool. I, and I really liked him. And I did get an A in the class, oh, not yeah. to flex, but in just taking that too, I remember taking that class and I was starting to realize I was gay. I was bi at the time. And mm-hmm. then later on in life, I realized I was a lesbian, but mm-hmm. that was my first exposure to it. And I really appreciated it. And I remember too, in English 300, we, we read a piece by someone who was gender fluid. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what their name was. They were part of, um... Native American culture? Yeah. Do you remember who I'm yes, talking about? Yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. I, I actually still have those. I have all the readings from that class still. Me too. But, um, no, I remember, like, that's kind of the thing. Like, there's so much, like, because you, you, for example, again, I'm going to, you know, inevitably kind of default to, like, you know, relating it back to the, you know, critical race theory stuff that I learned just because that's just kind of where my education is at it's kind of like the limits of my knowledge yeah but you don't learn about like drag culture yeah you know you don't learn about stonewall you don't learn about Mm -hmm. you know like you know gay conversion therapy you don't learn about like the pathology of it you don't learn about you know passing the, the kind of passing that you know um queer people are you know often feel obligated to do yeah and so like once once we got into like just getting little sprinkles of readings here and there, like in English 300, maybe I would, you know, see something small in a another class. I'd get a small little snapshot of just how important that history and that culture is to the world of not just literature, but just the world around us and like the the global culture. Yeah. Um, well, you know, so. I was gonna say too. In the LGBTQ studies class I took, we learned that black trans women basically started the, you know, the queer revolution. Mm-hmm. Marsha P. Johnson was one of the leading people in the movement. And it's it's just amazing to me that people with such marginalized identities, like, started this whole thing. And it makes sense that we don't know about it because of that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, too, it's important to learn about intersectionality and all this stuff, too, because... Like I said, like, it's interesting that they focused so much on critical race theory for you, but then they didn't go into other forms of oppression. Because no, while racism is very severe... It's very, yeah. And critical race theory is super important, it's also important to have an intersectional lens and realize that 
a black gay man is going to have different experiences than a straight black man. Absolutely. Again, I don't want to really knock the program. I mean, because there's nothing bad to say about it. There's only so much that you can read, and I understand that, but I felt like, especially at the tail end of that whole program where you're really, really diving into a lot of practicum, I don't understand why we didn't talk about that stuff. I just really don't understand like why that was not a focus at any point, even if it was just a unit or even if it was just a, yeah. you know, a, a, <laughs> a paper. Like, I don't... It, it, I just felt like there was such a missed opportunity for me to at least get a, an understanding of like where to look. Because even now, like it's it's I have to really really dig, yeah. you know, to, to find you know things that I would need to know about the history or things that I want to you know explore in terms of authorship. I can uh, send you some articles if please, you'd like. Actually, please. I have a lot. I need them all. <laughs> That's great. Because like you know. Like I said, like because the visibility of you know queer students, I feel like at the high school level is so you know fragile. I think that you know a lot of the times it gets swept under the rug because if you don't see it, you know why even bother? But I think again, like you should be leading with exposure. You shouldn't be oh, like yeah. responding with exposure. Like you don't start with you know the really typical canon, and you're like, oh. I see that I have, you know, a few black students in my class. Let's jump into some, you know, <laughs> let's jump into some, you know, you know, the... What's that one book? To Kill a Mockingbird? To Kill, to Kill a Mockingbird <laughs> is like the cornerstone of, you know, the racial conversation in the classroom, which is insane. Yeah. But like, the, you know, like, I, you know, why not, like, why not, and like, you know, actually, one of the best uh, things that I learned, you know, just about, you know, teaching was from Dr. Uh, Dr. Smith, Dr. Aaron Smith. He is literally the reason, the only like real kind of education um, that I had about like teaching, keeping the LGBTQ community in mind. Yeah. Um, and it was just a really simple like little blurb that he said in the middle of class. It wasn't even a lesson. It was just like, when you are, it was about grammar. He's like, when you're teaching grammar to kids, what kind of examples do you use? Mm. And then I was like, I don't know. Like Ben jumped over the bridge. And he's like, why isn't it Jamal jumped over the bridge? Why isn't mm. it, you know, why isn't it Aditya jumped over the bridge? Or like if Sally gave uh, John flowers, why isn't it Sally gave Mary flowers? Mm. Why isn't it, you know, why isn't it Jemiah gave, um, you know, Preetha flowers? So yeah. like something as small and, you know, arguably inconsequential as that makes such a huge difference in terms of just letting students know I see you. And I was like, oh my God. And like that kind of like light bulb moment, I was like, man, why isn't there more of that? Like why isn't that a part of the focus of like the educational track? Because now I'm sitting here, I have kids, you know, opening themselves up and I feel like I'm lost. I'm like, oh my God, like I have no idea even where to point these people. And, I'm, and it's, it sucks because I, I, have, um, I have a gay coworker um, he's fantastic. He's the one who, uh, you know, uh, kind of pointed me in the right direction for teaching acting. Oh, awesome. But, um, and he's a fantastic guy. But um, it feels like weird and wrong for me to be like, hey. Go talk only, to him. Only, only gay coworker that I have. Like, what do I do? And like, a part of me is like, this is a necessary conversation that I as a, you know, as someone who wants to be a better ally, someone who wants to be a better um person who has 
a an attention to you know queer experiences and um, the culture of the LGBTQ community. But then I'm like, shouldn't I be doing this on my own anyways? Like, why am I like, why is this like my my default? You know, so it's like, I don't know. Like, maybe there's like a validity to it, but I was like, this just feels wrong. Like, I wish I had more education here, and I felt like I didn't get that, and now here I am unprepared. Yeah, well, I think too, I think that happens a lot too when it comes to situations like that. People go to the people in the community, unfortunately, like, especially with the George George Floyd, like, Mm -hmm. injustice that happened uh, last summer. I think a lot of, like, white people turn to black people and are like, what do I do, you know? Like, how do I not be racist? And And I don't think that's what you're doing necessarily, but I do understand, like, why you're going to your your gay coworker, you know? Right, and like I said, like, understandably, like, with that example, like, the reaction is, we don't need to explain to you, right? Like, we, like, this is something that should be so self-evident. And I feel there's some truth to that, especially in, like, my case as well. It's not like, it's not like this is some totally foreign concept, but... But, but then again, I wouldn't, like, I would, I'm a gay person, and if someone, if so, a child is coming up to me asking me, like, I'm scared to come out to my parents, like, I would definitely feel panicked. Mm-hmm. And I would, you know, I would, I think I would know what to say, that's also too. You don't know what the child situation is at home. Absolutely, the parents could be. And who am I to give homophobic. them? Who am I to give them any kind of advice to navigate that path, right? And yeah. So that's why, again, I wish I had voices to offer them as like guidance. Like, hey, I don't have any answers for you, but yeah. here are some amazing resources and people that you can talk to. That like, not talk to, but you can, you know, see. Yeah. Like, even as just something as passive, like reading something or watching something, like this might, you know, this experience might help you make your decision or, you know, sometimes I'm like, isn't again, I'm, I'm reluctant always to kind of be like the typical teacher, like, oh, talk to your counselor, and, you know, because like, I feel like yeah. that's, that's that, that I feel like ruins a lot of, you know, relationships with students, but, um, well, it's also too, I think some, especially straight people, they don't know counselors to therapists if they don't have experience in like with like queer people mm-hmm. or like queer issues right. they're not going to be helpful right. when I was looking for a therapist my big thing was I wanted someone who like worked with LGBTQ plus people because there I don't want some <laughs> therapist you know telling me my experiences right. like to me in like a bad way or like not understanding what I'm going through yeah you know but Absolutely. yeah, I, I, I think there's just not a lot of like LGBTQ stuff out there too, mainly because people get uncomfortable with it because it directly relates to sex. One True. of the things about being a lesbian is that lesbians been so fetishized. Um, if, oh, for sure. If it's a big category on a certain website that I won't name. Um, <laughs> even the name itself is like considered dirty. So I think... Yeah. It's harder for people to talk about that and have open dialogues about that, especially high schoolers, you know? Oh, man. But also, too, like, I mean, let's not forget, like, the like the word lesbian itself is, like, almost like a, I don't want to say it's like a slur, but it can be, it's, it can be derogatory. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it's, like, I got a rumor the... spread about me that I was lesbian in high school, and they were right, but, little, <laughs> but how early. did they know first? <laughs> They're like prophetic. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, they use it as a way to like make me feel bad about myself and other right, because myself. You, aren't, you don't fit that. Like, I'm not. I'm not trying to say that. Like, it's like a label, but like, if you don't fit this, like a certain kind of caricature of a woman, or especially a high school girl. Yeah. Like, 
And it's such a shame because like, I feel like all that does is again, it really increases that invisibility or like, like, why would I want to come out if I'm being called butch? Why would I come out if I'm one of like, Why wouldn't I be open and accepting and loving for myself if I'm not clearly accepted and with, from my peers? Oh yeah. Because the language that they use like ruins me, you know? Yeah. And so like, I, I understand and I sympathize with that, but then it makes it just so much harder to be like, to be able to reach out and build that bridge you know, and so I feel for it, but I'm like, oh my god, like it's just like that's a hard situation. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, but yeah. like another kind of thing that I was wondering about too is like so because we talked about like the intersectionality between the different kind of lenses that I think a lot of you know English majors focus on. Like mm-hmm. we have like the different lenses. Like, do you think there was a disconnect between what you learned about the like this community and the different ways to approach? in an academic sense versus your own personal experience now that you're kind of like you know you're you're you know you're living on your own they're kind of like exploring the world as an adult do you feel like there's a disconnect or something that you wish you learned in college that you had to experience firsthand to kind of know more about actually yes i would have loved to have learned more about compulsorily me and my pronunciation <laughs> being in thank you heterosexuality <laughs> mm. i did learn about it a little bit but mm. i would have loved to have just learned more about that because for so long i literally thought i was attracted to men and i didn't know what compat was you know which is basically because we live in a straight society it is assumed you're heterosexual right. and also like you it's a like you know you feel compelled to be heterosexual. Yeah. Um, I wish I would have learned about that because literally I learned about that through the internet. I learned about that through TikTok and the lesbian master doc. And it's basically a master doc on Google created by lesbians. And it's asking you questions and also sharing stuff Whoa. about, yeah, isn't it really cool? It's That's cool. And it's like, if you do this, you might be a lesbian. And like mm. one of them was, and I, and I thought about this a lot. I shared this on Davida's podcast. One of the things was if you're attracted to super masculine men, like very just the epitome of masculinity, or if you're attracted to like super, super feminine men, you might be a lesbian because you're mm. either looking for femininity in men or you're looking for the idea of peak masculinity because that's what you're told that you You're want to think. Yeah. And i was like "Ooh, that's me it's <laughs> like crazy literally on an older episode of this podcast i was talking about how i wanted either like a super like frat boy like masculine <laughs> guy or i wanted like you know cool like bi skater guy like that was my vibe and cool bi. <laughs> right i i that's, love bisexual men but like yeah I just learned all this stuff from the internet. And also, too, my friend Maddie, she watches this um, woman on YouTube, ContraPoints. She did a whole YouTube video about, she's a trans woman, about her um, realizing she was a lesbian. And that was also just really impactful for me as well because I thought I was bi at the time. Mm-hmm. And I watched that video and I was like, mm. Yeah, that's it's like, so I might not be. Yeah, see, like, that's the thing. Like, all those kinds of, like, niche little, you know, experiences and little parts of the community not like you know I, I guess I don't want to come off as saying like oh like I need to you know get in on that like I need to <laughs> you know, see for myself but like I wish I at least knew that that was a resource I wish I knew yeah. that that was like a topic that is not explored enough and so that way at the very least I can have that knowledge of knowing that it exists out there and be like hey you know you can turn to this or like hey take a look at this like this might be kind of cool yeah but like 
Because, like, I mean, you know, as a as a facilitator, as like a teacher, you know, one of the things that I'm always curious about is like, well, you know, how who who can I, you know, who can I amplify? Because, like, again, I'm only one person. You know, I'm, you know, really kind of like the most milk toast like <laughs> suburban kid you can you could ever meet. And so, like, you know, my job is not to kind of be the voice of like you know reason or kind of uh, inspiration in any way i need to amplify the voices who speak to them yeah right and they identify with and so like that's kind of why i was like man like, that's so cool a mastered google doc <laughs> like that sounds like something you find in like the deep like annals of reddit like you, right like you know and you know and like that's such a cool thing to to know about like just that it exists you know but um a lot of the girls i've seen um in the past and present, um, I, I, cause we, we talk about our experiences, like mm-hmm. growing up and like figuring out our sexualities. And I always reference the lesbian master doc. I'm like, just go check it out. Like yeah. see what's up. And then we, you know, get back to me. And it's funny with one of the girls, she was like, I was just like, you know what? That's a thing. I'm going to do at a later date. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, geez, like if you're, I mean, like I can imagine like that it's like a, a really like, I mean, cause I mean, if you're if you're unsure, yeah, like that, and, it, and you know that that might provide answers, like that's a lot to contend with. Yeah. I can imagine. Well, that's what happened to me is because I had been kind of realizing it, and then I was like, let's just see what this master doc is about. And then I was like, ooh, those are a lot of realizations all yeah. at once. And I said, you know what? And I literally, I had, I did a tweet, and then I, I archived it, and it was like me and it said all these like things basically confirming I was lesbian and said but I'm not re- I'm not really sure if I'm a lesbian <laughs> so like, I, pre- I pretend I do not see it yeah I pretend yeah. I do not see it and now I'm like well yeah we see it we oh, see it we sure. love it we're here for it and that's awesome thanks yeah. like I mean another thing too like um I honestly think like I mean it's kind of sick and twisted as it is like like with the kind of like nine months of like solitude that COVID kind of like forced upon a lot of us. I've seen the most dramatic changes to people's character Mm -hmm. and like their, the way that they present themselves in those nine months that I've seen people take in years just because like, I don't know, for some reason, like it really allowed people to kind of look inside themselves and like really kind of um, start to celebrate parts of them that maybe they wouldn't be readily exposed not exposing that sounds weird but like um presenting to the world in a sense like you know my you know the way that i present myself to the world you know at the beginning of march of 2020 to you know now april 2021 yeah is like night and day same um and so like that's kind of like yeah it's it's super cool like it's nice to like you know demonstrate that kind of self-love to really feel comfortable out there and not feel like you have to kind of cater to any kind of aesthetic or caricature that anyone might want to subscribe to you but um that's awesome and I'm gl- that's really cool thanks well I remember too speaking of that I was just like so scared so I realized I was by when was it I was with my ex-boyfriend uh 20 maybe 18 oh so kind of recent fall. yeah and then um I realized yeah and then I fully realized in yeah, I don't know. It's it's confusing time for me. The depression picks and chooses what it wants to remember. Mm. But anyways, I, I didn't fully come out publicly 
for the longest time. And yeah. then I remember the first month of Pride Month in 2020, I did like my makeup like rainbow colored. And I didn't say I was bi, but I did a little paragraph about, um, you know, how important it is to support marginalized voices and yeah. it's Pride Month and, you know, Black Lives Matter. And I was so scared to post it. And I was like, people are going to know now, you know? That's, and that's scary. It was really yeah. scary. Um, and then I didn't even write I was buying it. And then I came out as lesbian on my Instagram story just because, like, there's family I, I follow on Instagram that doesn't know I'm gay. And I was like, we are just going to black them from the Instagram story. Yeah, right. And only close gonna, friends. Right? <laughs> only close friends. But, yeah, now everyone knows I'm gay and I don't care anymore. But it's so crazy to think about how I was so scared to it's even... It's such a wild journey to happen over the course of, like, what, three years? Yeah, it was crazy crazy time it was crazy time i literally realized i was bisexual at an lgbtq party at isu actually really yeah this, no way i think i told the story last episode but i'll yeah. i didn't go into it a lot but i was like i met this girl there and i was dating this guy but he said it was okay to kiss girls and i was like okay dope bet and right all right i'm gonna take advantage of that because i don't know i'm a lesbian and so i was trying to like like get with this girl and she was like I don't hook up with people who have boyfriends so I was like well that's lame and then I was she's like I think it's cheating and I'm like why I'm like it's fine he said it was okay and then slowly I realized I'm like is it okay though and then I started to think about it and I was like oh it's not okay because I'm doing this for a different reason than I should be yeah and then I I told my ex-boyfriend well, my current boyfriend at the time in the story, I told yeah. him the next day, I was like, yeah, I don't think I should be doing that. He was like, yeah, I don't think so either. And I was like, okay, <laughs> <Great> cool. <conversation. laughs> yeah. I just think that's so funny. That's crazy. Yeah. Like that's gonna, another thing too. Like I get, I mean, even that phrase, like never knew about it. Really? Nope. Never. There you go. And so like, that's again, another thing. Like I just, ugh. like it's, it, and again, like that's why, like, cause you're, your goal is to be a better ally as someone who's not a part of the community. You want to amplify their voices. You want to support them. You want to make sure that they are comfortable and safe to be open and loving for themselves. But like a lot of us are just not equipped with the tools and like, it's yeah. not even a matter of like, and I think a matter of it is like, you know, the effort that you need to, to take on yourself to seek out. But sometimes would I, I would, it would take me, you could give me a lifetime to try and find that lesbian master doc. I would never find it. <laughs> <laughs> I would never find it. Right. It's in and the bowels of the internet. Right. And like, it's like, but like, how would I know even where to look for that? And like, it's not like, yeah. I don't want to place a blame on anything. I just, it's a, like a yearning for some direction that I could have gotten from people who had the power to give it to me. Yeah. Not like I was like, oh my goodness, like, why isn't anyone like talking about this from the community? They don't have to, and they shouldn't have to. But I was like, people had the power to give me that education, and they focused on something else, which is super valuable. I'm so glad they did it. I wish but, I had more time. Yeah. I wish I had more time. Well, and I think, too, one of my uh, best resources is honestly TikTok, in all seriousness. TikTok can be a very toxic place and a place of misinformation, but mm. it can also be a source of, like, great information. I just got on the TikTok. Really? Right? Just well, because you know oh my what? Because at first I was like, oh man, like I was. Well, at first it was like, 
It was like the kind of like I was too TikTok dances. No, no, that I was like I'm too cool for TikTok. Like oh, it's like super Mm. popular. I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the outlier. Oh, okay. But then I was like oh, like my my students are super into it, and they were always like asking me like oh, Mr. Yersa, can we do a TikTok dance? I'm like that's inappropriate. No, (laughs) and but then I was like and I was like what is there like there's nothing in there for me I thought but then like over time, um, my little brother actually just. Literally, all he sends me, if you looked at our text history, it's just him sending me TikTok. <laughs> From day one, the second he got a phone, it was just TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. And so I was like, okay, finally I kind of caved and I was like, all right, dude, I'm so tired of having to open up my web browser to look oh, at these yeah. TikToks. So I just downloaded it, I created an account, I didn't touch it for like a few months. Okay. Didn't touch it. I just, I just had it, so that way when I opened up his messages, it would just take me to the app. That's it. That's literally the reason. But then, I was like, you know what, I was super bored one day. I was like, okay, let me just take a look at it. And yeah, the communities that you can find on there are insane. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, like, wow. Like, it's like, I mean, not even in like a weird way, but like in a really cool, interesting way. Like you find these like really niche communities that you never thought would have existed outside of TikTok because you don't really see them a lot elsewhere. Like maybe, oh, yeah. maybe Twitter, like a lot maybe of- Reddit, but like, you know, you have to look for it there. But whereas like in TikTok, you just happen upon it a lot of the time so yeah the for you page can be like discriminatory on what it like shows you however if you're on the right side of tiktok which i am and the gay side you can find so many cool people like i've been exposed to like so much of the trans community through tiktok Mm -hmm. that you obviously there's just not as many trans people especially in this area and it's so nice to like see those people just living their lives and like you know doing the best like i i follow a lot of like um trans beauty people and they Mm. just do these really cool transitions and are just so good with their makeup that's awesome and then there's just um there's this one actually tarot uh reader who i like her name's nikki she's a trans woman Mm. and yeah there's just so many cool people also um a lot of like feminist discourse goes on on tiktok some of it is not beneficial and some of it really is very interesting yeah um and i don't know i just i really I love TikTok. I know it can be kind of cringe and whatever, but I just found really great resources yeah. on there for myself and for other people. Like, I, mean, I feel like that's with any social media. Like, if you're oh, using yeah. social media as a way to explore different communities, like, you'll get the worst and the best of it all. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like I love Reddit. Like, Reddit's my, oh, really? my home. Um, <laughs> that's, like, where I find, like, a lot of the communities that I'm interested in and explore new communities. Mm-hmm. And my God, like... If I even wanted to dare to look at the comment section, it is the like the filthiest place on earth. But sometimes you find some really cool information, and you yeah. see people like really kind of thriving and having a real, honest discourse about the community and like the thing, the topics that kind of um, pervade it. And so, yeah, I'm getting little bits and pieces of it in TikTok, like because I'm still really new to it. But yeah. like, I already can tell. Like, I'm like, oh man, like this is so. Because, like, like, the algorithm just kind of, like you said, like, it kind of discriminates, like, if you start kind of liking things a certain way or if you start, like, looking at a lot of things. Yeah. Um, it kind of pushes you in that direction. But if you're, like, super kind of, um, like, random with it, like, I mean, I kind of just, like, you yeah. know, just kind of spin the wheel and I just go in the explore page and I just do whatever. Um, you see, you get to find some really, really interesting places. Yeah. And so it's really cool to see well, sometimes TikTok will do this thing called shadow banning where they'll pull creators from the For You page 
Um, it's very big no-no to talk about it because they'll, like, you know, continue shadow ban you. But they'll shadow ban a lot of, like, black creators from talking about, you know, black issues and oh, other stuff like, I've like that. I've heard of shadow banning. I never yeah. knew what it was, like, what it actually was. Yeah, and they'll promote specific people. Like, obviously, Charlie D'Amelio does really, really well on TikTok. Yeah. Addison Ray, Like, certain people, you know, get yeah. their platforms because the algorithm just likes them. Yeah. Um, a lot of, like, you know skinny able bottle able body people get on the oh, for you page yeah. a lot stuff like that you see i i mean it's i mean it's like you know i i mean it's like um it's like you know beauty contests sometimes yeah it's like a beauty contest for sure like you see like very beautiful people on tiktok and you're like yeah. okay yeah um yeah. fortunately i i you know spread the love everywhere and i have a lot of like body positivity a lot of different bodies on my for That's you page awesome. and a lot of different you know people from different backgrounds so it's really cool to see but Sometimes, yeah. It's so sad, too, because sometimes I'll get a TikTok on my page, and they're like, please like this, interact with this. I got on, like, you know, the um, uh, the raw inside TikTok, like, like transphobic, like, pe transphobic Ooh. people will find trans people's TikToks and just, like, go to town, oh, no. or homophobic people will find, you know, gay people's TikToks and go to town. Oh, God. So, like, you know, people can end up on the raw inside. I pray to God I never get on. <laughs> Oh man, Sad. yeah, cause you, I, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm so sorry. I like, I haven't checked out a ton of your TikToks. Oh, you it's see, okay. Like, no, <laughs> honestly, the only things I, the only ones I see are the ones that you post on Instagram. Oh, cool. But, like, um, yeah, like, what is so? What has your experience been like being like, um, no, gay on TikTok? Yeah, really good. Um, That's good. so far, yeah, thank God. Um, I tag most of my stuff LGBTQ. And it's cute. A lot of girls will comment on my stuff. And they'll be like, you're so pretty. Oh, and I'm like, oh, hey. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but it's been it's been really good so far. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hopefully it keeps going like that. No no haters so far. That's fantastic. Yeah. Just yeah. in my real life. <laughs> Just in the real life. Okay. Well, before we go. Yes. I wanted to guess your zodiac that's true I, I we were supposed to talk about it at the beginning yeah that's <laughs> all right totally skip through that hey that's yes. the that's the way it goes in the podcast you just yeah. go with the flow so i know so i'm not i don't know everything i know my so i know my sun sign i know my rising and i know my moon that's good that's i'm not gonna do your moon because i don't know you super super well True. and moon is like the person you are when you're by yourself and your emotions mm -hmm. your rising sign is how other people perceive you yes. and your sun sign is who you are mm -hmm. okay so I'm take a, a wild guess i'm really nervous because i might get this wrong i know the most about my sign sure. and myself sure. but i did do a little bit of research because i don't want to get it wrong oh you're, wait so you, wait okay you did research okay cool i did a little bit of research because i don't want to i don't want to get it wrong on my podcast but i feel okay. like i might okay okay uh -huh. so i think you might be a Scorpio rising Scorpio or a rising. Cancer rising. And mm -hmm. I think your sun sign, I think a couple things. I think you're either a Taurus. Sure. You might even be a Cancer sun too. Or maybe, sure. I almost want to say Libra. Hmm. I don't know. Those are my guesses. Okay. Oh, what is it? Am I wrong? So, here we go. <laughs> so, are you ready for this? Okay. So, where do you want me to start? You can do your sun sign. My sun sign first. I'm a Gemini. You're a Gemini man! Oh no! Did you, did Davida, did you guess he was a Gemini? Oh good. You knew it? How? Oh god. You're a Gemini man? I'm a Gemini man. Oh. Yep. You radiate. I got it wrong! <laughs> okay, what's the other one? What's your what's so, your what's your rising sign? My rising sign is a, I'm a Leo rising. Damn, I got them both wrong! Yeah, Leo rising. I'm a fake. Leo yeah. rising. Yeah. You don't really give me Leo energy. No, I I don't I don't get it. 
Because, like, I think only recently have I started to kind of, like, pick up on little things where I'm like, oh, that's very Gemini of me to do or whatever. <laughs> and it's, like, weird for me even to, like, have those thoughts. Because, like, otherwise, before then, I knew I was a Gemini for, a, like, I mean, I mean, it's, like, you know, since whatever. But, like, I was like, I was like, dude, I don't know. Like, because oh, all I ever read about Gemini, I was like, oh, yeah, like, super two-faced, whatever. Yeah. I was like, I'm not two-faced. I'm, like, a, just a guy. But then... <laughs> Like, recently, I, like, started to pick up on small things where I'm like, <laughs> Well, Geminis but, change up their feelings about their romantic interests yep. too often. Yeah, but then I'm also, so I know that we didn't, add, you didn't ask for it, but, like, um, yeah, so then I'm... So oh, what's your moon sign? Moon sign is Aquarius. So that's, like, that's kind of, like... Okay. And I guess it makes sense, then, because when I'm alone, surprise, I'm, like, you know, a certain way, and then I'm, like, I'm like thinking about, like, oh, like you know, projecting out in the public, and I'm like, that's not how I am, but then I'm like, oh yeah, never mind. Well, Gemini is an air sign, mm-hmm. and I'm an air sign, so air signs get along pretty well together, <laughs> so I guess I should have maybe picked up that you were an air sign. Well, I did say Libra, maybe. Libra, maybe, yeah, you did. So, I didn't... Yeah, but I no, most people, most people don't assume that I'm Gemini right out the gate. Most people assume that I am, um, yeah, like, some people say I'm Scorpio, some people say I'm like... You know, I uh, get Scorpio like, energy. Some people say I say some people say I'm Aries, like mm. just because sometimes a little I'm a little uh, quiet. No, not quiet. Sometimes I'm a little like like all over the place, but that's just because I have ADHD. So yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I have an Aries moon. Really? Yeah, mm. I don't like it. Oh no. No, it's so it's a fire sign. Sure. And the moon is like a water sign, so they're in opposition of each uh. other. Usually it means that you have mental illness if you have an oh, Aries God. moon. So they got it right. Oh, I do have the mental illness. But, but um, yeah, I thought, I'm such a, I've talked about this in my podcast where I thought I was a Scorpio moon. Mm. And I literally am such a dummy. I put my Ron birth year into my CoStar app for some reason. Really? Yeah, and I just missed it by one year. I don't know. I was doing it pretty quick. And then I, so I thought I was a Scorpio moon for all this time. And then I wanted to check out my full chart. Like your full star chart that shows how your life is gonna go. Mm. Oh god! I looked it up. I never. I would never. It's well. I don't know how to interpret it, but I'm like, I want to get this checked out at some point because I'm very mm. curious. But I was like, why does it keep telling me I have an Aries moon? And I kept going to all these different websites, and then I checked CoStar, and I was like, oh, it's because I'm a, a wrong. it's because I'm a literal dumbass. Like I literally <laughs> put in the wrong. In 1998. What, 1996? I'm like, 1997. I put 1998. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. that's embarrassing for me. But yeah, I'm an Aries moon. I thought, I guess so. Yeah, I didn't know that. My moon changes depending on the time. Because sometimes, like, because at first I didn't know, like, what time I was born. I knew oh. it was, like, 9 o'clock, 9-11 or 9-10. Mm. Or not 9, sorry, 9-11 or 9, like, 15 or something. But, like, it literally changes by the minute. Oh, wow. And so, like, I was, like, I had to confirm with, like, my dad. I'm, like, because my dad knew. I was like, what time was I born again? Because it keeps saying I'm either Aquarius moon or I'm either like, or I'm something else moon, like Sagittarius moon. And oh, it's like Sag moon. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know. But the minute counts apparently. So I was like, okay, like yeah. here I am. You're a Gemini. That's interesting. Yeah. I've had interesting experiences with Geminis. Yeah. I was ghosted by a Gemini girl. Oh, no. Yeah, it's all right. Mm-hmm. It'd be like that sometimes, you yeah. know? Yeah. And then they come back in. They come back they come in and back. they come back. Gemini's come back. <laughs> but then they leave again. Yeah, it's just because like, we're just, literally we're like children, I feel like. I feel like <laughs> like I'm a child. There's like constantly just like, look at like, what's that over there? Oh, what's that over there? Yeah. Um, but yeah, 
do you feel like so do you feel like sometimes when you um oust yourself like in front of people like what kind of sign you are do they like immediately kind of like treat you in a certain like a different way oh i have a story right now for this moment yeah um so we got this new coworker, mm-hmm. lana super cool now we're on good terms she's chill however when we first met um me and asad my coworker, he's mm-hmm. been on this podcast a bunch and he yeah. listens um hi uh we were talking about our signs and we ask all our new coworkers what their signs are and she said she was Leo. And I was like, Ooh. oh, dope. I get along really well with Leos. And then she asked me what my sign was. And I said, oh, I'm a Libra. And she was like, oh, no. she was like I've never gotten along with a Libra in my whole life. And oh, I was God. like, oh. I've, got, I've gotten similar I've gotten similar things. I mean, yeah. nothing crazy. Nothing like that. I guess like overtly like oh, then I don't she- get along with Gemini. But, like, yeah. I'll say, they'll, like, ask me sometimes, like, what's your sign? I'm like, yes. And they're like, this, this, and this. I'm like, no, I'm a Gemini. And they're like, oh. <laughs> just, like, really short. Just like, oh. <laughs> I will and say. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I want, when I was interested in men, one time I ghosted a guy on Tinder because he told me he was a Libra. I was like, no, no, no. That's no. so funny. Oh, I was like, God. no, no, no. Actually, two <laughs> men I ghosted after they told me they were Libras. Just kidding. <laughs> One of them was a twin. He's like, my twin sister's a Libra too. And I was like, oh no. Isn't that, make, isn't that obvious? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but I just was like, all right, it's a no for me. <laughs> I dated a Libra man too. No, uh, thanks. I dated a... What did I, date? I dated a Virgo. Oh! That was very interesting. My dad's a Cause Virgo. Because like, it's just so the opposite of everything. And I was... Because like, you know, I don't have... I don't know what I'm having for breakfast tomorrow. Mm. And this woman knew the next 15 years of her life, minute by minute. Virgos are chill. No, they're, I mean, don't get me wrong, super chill. It's not like they did not know how to relax, but I was just like, oh yeah, like, I would like, let's say pretend like I would be like, oh, let's hang out next weekend or something. What do you want to do? I'm like, dude, I don't fucking know. Like, I don't know. I don't even know what time I'm coming over. Or like, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Pisces. That was an interesting one, too. Mm, I had a huge crush on a Pisces guy in high school. Yeah. Huge crush. Yeah, Pisces. That was... I mean, it was fun. I just think it was, like, just again... I mean, but then again, I feel like high school... Because I was in high school. High school me was just, like, a disaster. And so I don't even... I I do not know who he is anymore. So (laughs) I, like... Yeah, I don't really... I can't really reflect on that thinking about, you know, how I know myself now. Because, like, Mm. I'm like, no. But, like... The most, you know, recently it was like the most. Sorry, the most recent was 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 Virgo, and that was like a, crazy. So <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Signs I've dated Leo, not a great experience there. Yeah. Libra, also not a great experience. <laughs> um, I am seeing a Cancer girl right now. Oh, she's, nice. She's pretty chill. That's good. We're just doing you know casual thing, no dating, nice, nice. no dating. But yeah, I don't know. Most people are cool. Some signs I do not like. Libra men are just can be just problematic. But sure. all signs can all male signs can be problematic. And sure. some female ones too. Yeah. I feel like I've never I don't even know if I know a Libra. Do I know one? Me. Yes, I know you. <laughs> I'm trying to think like, I'm trying to think like other, other people. Other people. No, I don't know. Most of my friends, honestly, are either Sagittarius, Scorpio, or um, interesting. I know, I know, I know a few Aquarius. Like that's, but like, 
it's like hard for me to even think like anyone else because like I don't know like I don't know if my dad's a cancer I guess but like in terms of friends I don't know any cancers mm-hmm. I don't know any like um, I don't know any any Aries people I've met them but I've never like known known them yeah so it's just like very I don't know I have, like a very like weird like <laughs> secluded group of people that I hang out with and like they have like a very limited uh, sphere you know, sphere of uh, like what kind of signs I know. Yeah, so. it depends. I feel mm-hmm. like I, I've talked about this before. I talk, I associate mostly with Tauruses. I feel like Tauruses, mm-hmm. other Libras, Leos, like Asaza Leo, mm-hmm. we're basically like, <laughs> he's basically one of my best friends now. That's awesome. And then, yeah, I don't know. Sagittarius, Mags, Sag, Scorpio, a lot of different people. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Well, before we go, mm-hmm. since I ask everyone, why are you happy to be here today, Austin, in life, in general? Um, I'm really happy to be here, uh, just because, like, again, I think that this conversation is super, just generative in general. I mean, it's always fun to just, like, talk about things that, you know, yeah. we care about. But also, just because, like, again, this is something that I'm so really not familiar with. As someone who, like, aspires to be, you know, a better advocate, a better ally, it's just interesting, like, to learn more about the communities that I don't get to um, interact with like I mean I lived in Wrigleyville I lived in I lived in Boys Town mm-hmm. and I still didn't really get to you know know a lot of people in that community and so having this kind of conversation is really really awesome for me so thank oh, you good. thank you for having me on yeah this is really fun I'm glad yeah. you came 